Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Does Christ change the life of a child? Pete, you know, speaking personally, as a 12-year-old boy, Jesus Christ completely changed my life. And I can say close to 60 years later, I hadn't gotten over it yet. Uh, he, he changed my life. And so I pray that you your life has been changed by Jesus Christ. It's changed to know him. It's changed to do his will. And, and the, I have to admit the greatest per, per, part of that is having a friend that sticks closer than a brother, that you don't go through anything alone, that he is with you. And so child... Coming to Christ, is it possible? Yes, it's possible, but I want to share with you, I think it is something that is needed. Nathan, our co-host, Nathan Harper, uh, I knew I was 12 years old when God changed my life, and you say, how in the world can God change a 12-year-old's life? He did. You were saved as a young age as well, weren't you? Yeah, I was uh, six years old, actually. Six years old. Wow. Dr. Dobson. (laughs) <laughs> this one blows my mind more than any. It says he was three years old when Christ came into mm-hmm. his life. And he said, I learned to pray before I learned to talk. And he was in <laughs> that saturated. I, I know in your life, I mean, you, your mom would pour into you and pour into you the Word of God. And and so child evangelism, uh, I, I think you don't, ma- don't manipulate, but it is possible to have that change yeah. in a child's life. And the intention... Um I think from God that we see, you know, biblically taught and and modeled is that's to be done in the home, right? Um, But we know in the world that we live in, uh, many, maybe most homes are broken and not functioning in in a biblical, according to that biblical model. And so um, the church is an even deeper family um, and that that there's that responsibility as followers of Jesus as the church to um, share good news even with children I would say especially with children um, and we've probably talked about on this program a few times and maybe even related to uh, to an episode or an interview with child evangelism fellowship that we've done before where we talk about the 4 to 14 window um, you know, we talk here on missions, uh, as we talk about missions, about the 1040 window, uh, but then there's a, also a 414 window uh, where um, it's really crucially important to reach children uh, between the ages of 4 and 14 years old with the gospel. Um, if, they, if they don't hear the gospel in that window of, of short years, uh, young years, um, there's a stronger chance that they will never hear it. Um, and if they don't respond in that time, there's a stronger chance that they will never respond to follow Jesus. And you think of the scriptures, I, you can't help but talk to Timothy. And we, we refer to Paul and Timothy a lot, yeah. I know. But that's a good reference for missions. But 
Paul said, as a young child, and that young child means young, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. Listen, uh, I believe in it. Yes, children, knowing the Lord Jesus Christ, and then they need to be discipled. And uh, hopefully they won't ever stray. Uh, But if they do stray, that's why discipleship comes along, to help them to understand the Scriptures and what God has purpose for them. And so I think this interview sets it up that churches that need help in reaching out to like in a school situation or in a community area, uh, child evangelism is there to help equip and to give them resources by which they can reach those children that you were talked about that are not in a godly home. Yeah. And as a children's minister, a youth minister, um, I'll, I'll just say it, it's much harder uh, than it was 15, 20 years ago to reach children. I, uh, I saw that change, and I've been at AFR now going on 12 years. So 12 years ago, I saw that changing drastically about reaching some of the children because a lot of the children you're trying to reach are from unreal. They were difficult when I was a kid, but these are unreal situations where they don't know their identity. They, they've been taught stuff that is completely yeah. contrary. And what they hear and see on entertainment, listen, uh, they desperately need the Lord's. The, yeah. the bottom line, isn't it, Nathan? Yeah. said, Alex, that's on Explore. Those of you that are listening, we're not going to edit this out. That's what I do for two programs starting with Exploring. But, Nathan, uh, we're desperate to get to those people with the truth. Yeah, and churches need help. Um, and and so it's wonderful to have a ministry like Child Evangelism Fellowship to provide help for the church. If the church is going to take their responsibility seriously, I think a biblical mandate to uh, help parents uh, train up a child and to see them follow Jesus, to proclaim that good news in a way a child can understand and make a genuine heart response to follow Jesus uh, and, and disciple that child. If a church will take that responsibly, um, they're going to still need help. Um, it doesn't mean the church, just because they want to, doesn't mean they know how to. And so, um, you know, churches need to uh, learn from one another, and we can learn from uh, a, a group like Child Evangelism Fellowship has been doing this for years. Years and years. And um, has seen a lot of fruit uh, come from that. And I've noticed this, one thing God really has honored in his word, and I've seen it honored practicality in my life, is partnership. There may be two or three churches that see the need in their area, and they partner with one another to partner with Child Evangelism Fellowship to provide this opportunity and the resources to reach these children for Christ. That 4 to 14 window is closing in, The opportunity to reach them is now. It's not to be delayed. So we hope that you will just really enjoy this uh, interview. It will be one that will encourage you, challenge you, and bless you. May God use this in your life to make a difference. Today on Exploring Missions, we have a special guest who's been with us before. 
The reason we're able to do all this is because of a national religious broadcasters meeting that's taken place in Orlando, Florida. And we're here and we're recording some of these uh, interviews at this time. And it's so refreshing to be able to go back and to talk to people you've talked with before about a year ago and find out how things are going. It's still things moving along. So we have such a guest today. Her name is Lydia Kaiser. She is with Child Evangelism Fellowship. Welcome, Lydia. Thanks for having me, Bert. Well, let's, let's go. Child evangelism, why is that so important, Lydia? Well, I think everyone is concerned about what's happening with the children. Uh, but the most important thing about what's happening with them is that they don't have the foundation of faith that they used to. And they're not being brought to church. So that's why it's so important for us to reach children where they are, out in the community, and that includes the public school. And so we are interested in partnering with churches so that uh, they can be strong in their own children's ministry, and then we can grease the wheels for them and show them how to do these outreaches in their community and reach those children. And then when they get excited about Jesus, they ask their parents to take them to church and guess where they'll go. So that's what we're hoping to do. Children seem to be very special to God, don't they? Absolutely. Uh, Matthew 18, it's, a, it's a, all about children. I think that sometimes we appropriate it to adults, which is okay, but actually Jesus was talking about children in that chapter with all those parables. It is, and so the, this fellowship is so important. The history of it goes back a long time. I remember hearing about it early on, but give us a little bit of history about Child Evangelism Fellowship. Okay, well, it was started by Jesse Irvin Overholzer, and he grew up in a home that was very religious, but he did not understand the gospel. He did not understand grace. And so it wasn't until he was an adult that he came to saving faith and was so excited. Uh, But then he read something by Spurgeon that said that even a child of five, if properly instructed, could come to saving faith. And he threw the book down and said, Spurgeon, you're wrong. But then it just bothered him, you know, I mean, he thought about how when he was a little child, he asked his parents, you know, questions about, you know, thinking, well, maybe I should get baptized or maybe maybe I should join the church. And they told him, well, you're too young. And so then he thought, well, if I'm too young, then I'll just do what I want for a while, you know, and then and then the Lord wasn't working in his heart as as well as it was when he was softer as a child. So he began to do some experiments with children and discovered that sure enough, not only could they Uh, understand the gospel and and pray and receive Jesus as their savior but they actually had noticeable life changes that their parents could tell and so um, that that led him to realize that wow if children can come to a saving faith we need to put more focus here and so that became a passion of his life in his later years he actually started uh, CEF uh, when he was an older gentleman and in 1937 So we're actually 86 years old now, and he prayed over the globe, over every country, and we are very close to having that prayer realized. Really? Mm -hmm. That many countries? Yes. That is awesome to hear. And I've heard that, but it's good to hear personally that it is taking place. When you hear about children and evangelism, uh, people will say, well, they don't really know what they're doing. They haven't come to a place of you know, understanding. Uh, Jesus said something about adults needing to come as little children. Exactly. I think it may be the adults that needs to have more understanding. Would you right. agree? Right. If an adult feels that 
um, if the gospel's that complicated, then they might be the one misunderstanding. One of the most amazing stories that I've heard is Dr. James Dobson. He, and still today, still, he was saved as a three-year-old. Now, I find that beyond any comprehension of my mind. I, I remember around eight is okay. when God started really dealing in my life, in my heart. And then I was saved as a 12-year-old mm -hmm. as God came reality into my life. And my wife was saved earlier in her life at an earlier age than myself. But child evangelism is really real. The church where I'm interim pastor now, uh, just about two or three Sundays from when we're recording this program, I ask how many of you were saved before you were 12 years old or by 12 or younger? And over half of the congregation held up their hand. Absolutely. And as the numbers went up, how many of you were saved between 20 and 12? You had quite a few. And then above 20, it got less and less and less. So it sounds like child evangelism is very important. Right. And, and Barna has done research showing that after the age of 19, only 6% chance of coming to, to saving faith. So we really need to reach young people. Um, and also, uh, Barna has shown that uh, by the age of, you know, in, in your tweener years, you're, you, what you believe, your, your entire worldview is actually pretty well cemented. Wow. Well, okay, let's, let's get down to what you do. When you partner with someone, <clears throat> what, what takes place in that partnership? Well, the ideal is to partner with churches uh, because we have a threefold purpose. The first one, of course, is to evangelize children. Secondly, to disciple them in the Word of God. Thirdly, to establish or connect them with a local Bible-believing church. So uh, we would like to ideally work with churches where we sit down with them and assess their children's ministry and see how we can help them strengthen their own children's ministry. For example, we might be able to put on a seminar for the entire church on how to lead a child to Christ, and that will help all the parents in the church, that will help the children's workers. And I'll tell you what, if you know how to lead a child to Christ, then you know how to lead an adult to Christ. <laughs> Amen. And so it just helps you to get this um, very simple method in your mind. So, you know, even if you're sitting on an airplane, you can be going through that in your mind and keep the conversation on track. You know, people will just try to pull you every which direction when you start talking about things of faith. So we, we like to uh, start there by offering the church what can we do to help strengthen you within the church. And then as you're feeling strong within your children's ministry, you know, because so many churches, it's like a handful of people are doing all the work and, and they're, they're kind of burnt out, you know. Yeah. And a lot of people sitting in the pews are like, I, well, I'm not called to that or I'm not equipped. So if they just get a little training, more people will realize, oh, I can do this. And they yeah. can feel confident and capable. When I was involved in student ministry, youth ministry, and even some of the older children, <clears throat> I found out parents, were, many of the parents were the ready-made. They wanted to do that because they were invested in it. But then you would find some individuals. This was their calling. Right. This is their calling. One of the greatest people that my family has ever known, her first name is Sylvia. And Sylvia just invested her life in those children 
in that age group where she would share with them the truth of who God was. And uh, very few of those children got out of that class without them coming to the knowledge of Christ because <laughs> right. she, was, she wanted them to know the truth and the truth would mm-hmm. set them free. And she started with the Bible and she would just share these, these Bible principles, the Bible stories. And out of that, they'd become, they, they would know Christ, but they developed a, a biblical worldview. Yeah, and if people would just try it, they might find that they're, you know, become addicted because it is the most rewarding thing. I mean, how how much better way to spend your life than leading others to the Lord? And these, this is a field that is white unto harvest. The children are ready. Well, I found out pastoring many times. I saw the children come to the Lord, and I, then I saw some parents come along the way. We, we could reach them through what we'd call vacation Bible school, mm-hmm. uh, backyard Bible clubs. But child evangelism will help the church and aid them in helping to produce the results that they need as they do these ministries. Is right. that right? Yeah. So the second step after we've you know helped with training and, and such is to uh, grease the wheels for the church to do these outreach programs. Our flagship program is the Good News Club in the public school. Uh, Pre-COVID, we had 5,000 clubs being held in public schools and another 1,000 outside of schools. Um, And we're very close to regaining those numbers and uh, we'll, you know, are setting things in place to exceed that. Um, But that's just here in the U.S., you know, 100,000 clubs worldwide. Um, wow. But um, we well, can help go, them get out there into these um, schools and you bring help them in. get into those. Yes. So if we're having some people who are listening today and they're wondering what's happening to our education system, they're wondering how could we make a difference. They could possibly use this as a means to aid and help in getting. Do, do you suggest guiding them on how to get into a public school? Right. Well, our our chapter directors, we have 400 chapter offices around the country, and they're very experienced in this. And so just getting them alongside of you, they show you exactly how to do it. And if they show you how to navigate any kind of uh, obstacles or resistance, because legally we are allowed to be there and so, yeah, when those kids get excited about Jesus, they, they want to come. it's called Good News right, Club? Right. And a church can also, you know, they can start a little slower. A Good News Club uh, every weekend in public school might be maybe a tall order for them at first, but they could start with a party club. Okay. Or they can start with, um, that's a one-time thing. Right. Or they can start with um, a, a type of vacation Bible school that we call a five-day club that meets out in the community and their teenagers, we can train their teenagers on how to help, or we can bring some of our own teenagers because every state trains an army of teenagers every summer to do these five-day clubs. And kids love to watch teens teach, much more so than, <laughs> than us, us old people. Yeah. Uh, so it's fascinating, and it also gives the teens a lot of confidence in sharing their faith with children, and then that helps them to share better with their peers and uh, they grow in confidence and in ability, and it's, it's a really gross thing for, for the teenagers. That's called Christian Youth in Action. Yeah. Well, in our other program that I do, Exploring the Word with uh, Alex McFarland, we'll have people call in all the time, and they'll say, I'm wanting to grow in the Lord, you know, in my faith. And we always tell them, yeah, read your scriptures, uh, you know, be a part of a small Bible group and pray and seek the Lord. But another way is to serve. So for those teenagers out there Absolutely. that you've just referred to, that, that they are saved and they are going to the small groups, but they need to be more. 
and yet in their church they wonder, I can't teach a class. It might be good news in that there's availability of them serving outside the walls of those church buildings, right? It's very rewarding for them. And then they bring those skills back to the churches. I've, we've had churches say, wow, these teens are, are better at it than we are now. We better step up our game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it is evangelism. It is discipleship. And then getting them, you know, connected with a Bible-believing church. Right. Uh, is that the churches that agree to work with uh, Child Evangelism Fellowship? Yes, we have a, we're interdenominational. We have an evangelical statement of faith, and any church that is willing to work with us with, within that statement of faith, we're happy to work with them. Okay. Well, how can people get a hold? Do you all have a website? Of, yes. Of course. Uh, <laughs> In 2023. <laughs> yes, Bert, we have a website. Uh, yeah. So it is cefonline.com. And then forward slash locations will help you find your nearest local chapter. Well, our guest today has been Lydia Kaiser. She's with Child Evangelism Fellowship, CF, no, CEF. See? Right. You're just talking about dyslexic? I got it, you know. (laughs) Uh, It is CEF and such a great ministry and been around since 1937. Mm -hmm. What a... That, that's great and still making a difference. So, hey, Bert, I would really like to remember today that today is the sad anniversary of the school shooting at Robb Elementary down in Uvalde, Texas. A year ago today. It was a year ago today. And if you don't mind, I'll tell you a little story about what's happened we in that year. We would love to hear it, yes. So there was no CEF work in that town. and uh, But when we um, heard of the tragedy that day, Immediately, uh, our workers around Texas and even some folks from our headquarters in Missouri um, got in their vehicles and headed, headed there. And they brought um, 19,000 Do You Wonder Why booklets. Now, these are a gospel-centered trauma healing booklet that, it, that talks about why do bad things happen in the world. And um, knowing that there is a, a significant Hispanic community down there, we knew we needed to um, get our Spanish booklets from, from headquarters down there as well, besides the stock that we already had in Texas. And we ended up bringing yet another 10,000 later. Uh, but what our team did was they just began walking the streets and talking to people, praying with people, um, going through the booklet, and sometimes even the wordless book um, to explain salvation, even though that's in the booklet as well. And they also started talking to pastors. Uh, They got down there on the weekend. This happened on a Tuesday. They got down there on a weekend on Friday and Saturday. And uh, the pastors were also just very traumatized. I mean, they saw awful things, and they were trying to help people in the community and in their churches. And they said to our folks at one time, um, you're the first people to ask how we're doing. Um, But it it was a very, very hard situation. Uh, One of the the, um, stories that I'd like to tell uh, that's hopeful, though, is there was um, one of the workers encountered uh, two women and three children, three three girls. Uh, it was a um, two. The women were sisters, and so the children were um, the, it was their daughters and and cousins. And one of the three girls, she had climbed out a window during the shooting, and she was so traumatized that she had not spoken since Tuesday, and this was Saturday. Her face was just a deadpan and. The uh, mother 
insisted that she come out of the house on Saturday. She had not been out of the house yet, and she felt it would be good for them to walk down the street with the other people and to go by the memorial at the at the school. Um, but you know, they were just all having such a hard time, and so our worker um, sat with them and went through the the booklet with the girls. And this child's her whole countenance changed. She um, just opened up and she actually spoke in prayer. And mm. she and her cousins and her mother prayed to ask Jesus as their savior. Amen. So, and that was Saturday after right. the Tuesday. Right. Excuse right. Me. Okay. And one of our workers uh, from she was actually came down from San Antonio. She just could not leave. She um, asked God for provision, and God provided for her to stay for eight months to get a CEF work going. Um, many of the, well, the library and the schools and, and churches all took some of this booklet, and they were interested in CEF, so she felt like, I need to make some connections here and see if we can get the work going. So she um, you know, went to churches, went to the association, and, and it was really tough. Um, and still today, a year later, um, the, the churches are somewhat demoralized. You know, um, a lot of people that lost children or have children seem to have lost their faith, not coming to church. Uh, the churches are very aged. Uh, but there was one bright spot, uh, uh, Templo Cristiano, um, a church that, that has services in both English and Spanish. Uh, that pastor said, hey, um, I think our children's minister would like to partner with you. And so her name was uh, Sylvia um, Alvier. And so she partnered with our worker from San Antonio, um, Angela Carrillo. And um, Angela did a training, trained 10 people. And uh, Sylvia was one of them. And uh, these people began to do a Good News Club in the library. It was, it's taken some time for clubs to be able to start back up right. in, in the schools. But they started out in the library. And then they've also done some outreaches in the town. Now, this town has always done a um, Day of the Child, which is um, very traditional in, in the culture. Um, uh, Dias los Niños, I guess it is. And uh, traditionally, it's just been, you know, games and toys and candy and, you know, just kind of a little wow. festival. Yeah. But this time, with their training from CEF, they had like a party club that just went one after another, one per hour all day long and those ladies led over a thousand children and their parents in prayer and salvation and um so yes their, wow. their pastor was like well i guess we won't be going back to the old way on this <laughs> Amen. Just really if that doesn't give an incentive for those who are listening that's wondering what they can do mm -hmm. uh Lydia, I think that did. That, that is amazing. And is. that's in dire difficulty. Yes. And, and so the town is still really struggling, you right. know, and, and even now um, it's, it's not good. And so they really need but there's some more support. Spots there. Right. And so um, these, uh, again, these 10 workers, they are dividing up. They've gotten permission to be in four schools this coming fall. Two workers per school, and then the school is providing some additional volunteers, mm -hmm. as they do for most after-school programs. And so um, we are excited to. But you know, this is one church that cooperated. One Just church made imagine, that yes, in every town, if you had five or ten churches in a town that what would a cooperate and reach the kids out in the community with CEF, what what 
you know, what an impact mm -hmm. it could make. Yeah. Lydia, thank you for sharing that, that story. That should incentivize, incentivize a lot of people to say we need to be a part of this. CEF, and they, the website is? CEFonline.com slash locations to find your nearest chapter. Lydia, thank you for being with us today. You are welcome. Thank you for having me. And we pray that you who are listening would have a great day and may child evangelism be a part of your mission.